we doing this morning? You guys good? Come on, aren't you, aren't you glad God woke us up and got us out of bed today? Amen? Woo! So glad you guys are joining us. And for those of you watching us online, we want to welcome them today. Thank you for watching. Wherever you are today, whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you. And we pray that today you have been encouraged and will be encouraged. Uh, and we believe that, hey, listen, that the Spirit of God is not confined to a box or a location. We believe that He's everywhere. And even where you're located today, He can meet you and bring transformation. So thank you for being with us. But we are having a good time here in this room today as well. So thank you guys for being here. Hey, listen, hey, let's go ahead and turn the house lights up because I want us to pray. We, we pray for a work of God at different churches each week across our city. But, but today the Lord shifted gears, called an audible for me. And, and I want us just, I'm, I'm, is, uh, hey, by the way, is Dave Basner? Dave, where are you at? Dave, hey, Dave, will you come join me on the platform? Dave is like, come on. Dave's going to sing the national anthem for us today and get a, just kidding. Uh, hey, get a microphone for Dave. Dave, I want you to pray for us in just a few moments, if that's okay. Um, uh, but we, we were praying. Dave's a part of a prayer group of guys that pray over me every week. Dave is a board member here at 1910 Church. We have three board members. Dave is one. Dennis Cruzy is one. And Randy Graybill. And I'm so thankful for these guys. On top of a local board of, of uh, men here, uh, we also have three other pastors across the nation that serve as overseers of this house. Guys that just as with these men that I'm talking to and we're praying together and dreaming and, and seeing what God is up to and doing. And these overseers are from New York, West Virginia, even one here in San Antonio. And so we're just blessed and honored. But, but we were praying this morning and, um, and, and, and I was just impressed upon this idea of the people that make this happen, right? And so you guys just see this a lot of times on a Sunday and you just think, man, we just turn on the lights and this happens. But the reality is Monday through Saturday, there are a, 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 a bevy, a group, a gaggle, whatever you want to call it, a large group of people that are making this happen. And today during our prayer time, Dave, I was just impressed on, on who the people of 1910 Church are. And I'm grateful for you and thankful for each and every one of you. I see some of you wearing blue NT Kids shirts. I'm really thankful for you guys and for what you do. And, and I know there's some moms and dads as well. So, so here's what I want us to do. Dave's going to pray. He's not going to sing. Believe me. We may have him close the service out because you will exit when he starts to sing. But... Hey, there's always heaven, Dave. One day we're all going to sound good. I'm with you, bro. It's going to be great. But I, I just want to... So here's what I'm going to do. I've asked the house lights to come up. Don, thank you guys for that. But I, if, and I, if I call an area out that represents you, I want you to stand and I want you to stay standing today because I just want to... I want to show us all something. But if, if this week you came up to the church and you volunteered in any form or fashion, Maybe you ran copies for kids' ministry. Maybe you cut out little arts and crafts things. Maybe you restocked one of my favorite things here, the Dippin' Dots cooler at 1910, okay? I loved, I think we're the only church in America that has a Dippin' Dots counter. Come on, somebody. We might use those for communion. Some, just kidding, we won't do that. If you volunteered, you came up this week, 
in any form or fashion, I want you to stand up right now. Just stand. Go ahead and stand up. Anybody? Okay. Just stay standing. That's good. Awesome. Okay. Because I've already alluded to this. If, if you are working, have already worked in kids' ministry today, I want you to stand up. Okay? I want you to stand up. All right? Look at Will Baster over there. Kinsey, how was it this morning? Was it good? Did y'all have snacks? No snacks? Donuts? What? Why are we in here? Thank you, bro. I love it. Hey, if you this morning, hey, check this, if this morning you set up parking cones or you directed traffic and waved at people or maybe put banners up out here on the highway, would you stand up today? Anybody? Okay. All right. It's cool. If you're here this morning and you opened the door, greeted the people, shook a hand and said, hey, would you stand up today? Good. Love that. Lori Hoover, you did that? Mike, Lori Hoover. Look at Lori Hoover over there. She's awesome. If you, oh, if you brewed coffee or worked in refueled, served a muffin or package of Dippin' Dots, would you stand up today? Anybody? All right, Aubrey, thank you. Thank you. If you, um, if you were part of setting up the baptistry pool or creating this environment in here today, lights, cameras, in fact, everybody just turn around and let's applaud those guys right now. How about that, right? If you prayed this week for 1910 Church, would you stand up? Let me ask you this. If you give financially to support the vision of this house and God's work, would you stand up? If you're a part of Man U or Radiant Ministry and you came this week to study the Word of God, or you are a part of Discipleship Nights or the Hill Student Ministry, would you stand up right now so that we can see you? Yeah, I love that. I love that. What else am I leaving out? Anything else in the church? By the way, just I want you to turn to look around right now at how many people make this happen. And it takes all of us. Can I just tell you something? Jesus says, the greatest among you is the one who preaches, plays a keyboard, has their picture on social media. The greatest among you is the one who serves. A couple of years ago, we shifted some terminology around here. We, we stopped using the word as best we can, the word volunteer, because that's what all of you are. But more importantly than that, can I just tell you something? In God's economy, you're a leader. You're a leader. And you may not stand on the platform. You might not sing the national anthem. You, you, you might... But every one of you play a significant role when it comes to building the kingdom of God. And can I just say, thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to serve as your pastor. And I want to thank you for the grace and the forgiveness and the patience you have with me. Because I know me. And it's not good sometimes, right? But yet we're family. And we're going to talk more about that today, Anthony. You cool with that? We're going to talk more about that. I want to invite everyone to stand up with us now. I've asked Dave to come up here and pray. He's going, why am I here? Dave, would you pray? And I want to ask you just to 
give God glory. Hey, grab a hand. If you feel comfortable, grab somebody's hand. I'm going to go over here with Pastor Allen and, and let's just pray. Dave, if you'll just pray over us today. Thank you. Hey, good morning. Is this on? Okay, good. So like Pastor Jason said, uh, before the service, before the first service, several of us get together. Pray with Pastor Jason and we're praying for the service. We're praying for everyone that will come. And often God highlights something that he wants us to pray over. And sometimes it has a lot to do with what's being preached on and sometimes it does not. But today it was clearly on service and it was on the body. And um, I, I can feel now and I could feel then the Father's pleasure. Amen. For those that serve. Amen. I can. Amen. And, uh, and so normally as soon as we're done, everyone leaves and, and I stayed a little bit and I wrote it on my iPhone, this prayer, because I, uh, I felt that God was downloading it to me. I didn't want to miss it. And last time I was up here, I was super nervous and I fumbled. I thought if I wrote it down, it'll be easy. So here we go. Um, Dear Jesus, just as the mist and fog permeated the atmosphere early this morning on the way in, may your presence permeate this body of believers today. Thank you, Lord. And forever. May you surround us, affect us, cause us to slow down, Mm. to take notice, and to participate. Thank you for all who participate in making 1910 your house. Yes, Lord. Different parts of the body, mm-hmm. different parts that all work together. Right. Father, we bless them today. Permeate them with your presence. The social media team that keeps us informed. Yes. Facilities who prepare the house. Parking who guide us in. Greeters who make us feel welcome. ERT, who keeps us secure. Kids ministry, who bless the youth. The Hill, who prepare our teens to take a stand for you. Coffee bar refresh, who provide a break and a snack. For the sign language team, so that we can all hear the good news. For the prayer team, who stand in the gap for the media who set the tone for the service for worship who brings us closer to you for the staff who orchestrate the team for the pastor who guides your flock we are all one body no one group can do it alone that's right bless you father and bless them thank you for your church your love you love us with genuine affection May we receive your love and overflow with your love to our families, our church family, and the world around us. May our love for each other prove to the world that we are your disciples. Come on. on. Let us be a church family that points others to you. Thank you for those who will be baptized today in your name. Thank you for their courage. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. Thank you. You can take that souvenir. Thank you. You guys can have a seat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Today, we are going to wrap up. By the way, can we just show some honor to Pastor Al and our, and our worship team? I was so thankful for them. And 
Man, so good. Uh, today, we're going to wrap up this series entitled, What is Love? For the month of February, the love month, we've been looking through God's word to see uh, what love is really all about. I think that four-letter word is one of the most misused, abused, and misunderstood words in our English vocabulary. We throw that word love out towards things or people, and we really don't give a rip about them, right? And we just say it. It's so casual in our culture Today And so we've been looking at God's word. We've been looking at today will be the fourth word that we see in scripture. Now, two of these words that we see in scripture, you're, you're not going to find listed, but you're going to find the effects of, and you're going to see it demonstrated throughout scripture. We started with the word agape, and that is simply God's love towards us. Can I just remind us of all, all of something? God loved us before we ever first loved him. And check this out. God loves us even when we don't show love. Love towards him. God's God. He is awesome. Is he not? And I'm so thankful for the love of God that even when I've gone my way and done it my way and not loved him, even when I wasn't pursuing him, he still pursued and loved me unconditionally. No strings attached. We could stop right there with the word love, right? Because most of the times our love is reciprocal. You love me, then I love you. Not with God. God is awesome. Come on, somebody. Aren't you thankful? We looked at this word, eros. You're not going to find that word listed throughout scripture. You will find a book that is very erotic, right? The book Song of Songs. And, but we find it time and time again that this love, God created man and woman to live in relationship called marriage. And we need not be ashamed that when husband and wife live in a God-fashioned manner, right? But this word erotic is one that's so misused and abused in our culture today, right? You know why? Because we love and use it outside of God's boundaries and his standards. I'm telling you, there's nothing to be ashamed of when you do things God's way. And this love that we find in scripture, God gave a woman. In the Hebrew, it was the word azer. She was the completer. She completed Adam. And God gave her to him and him to her. And there's something beautiful about eros that we find all throughout scripture. We looked last week at this word, phileo, phileo, right? That's it, this type of brotherly love. We have a city in our nation called Philadelphia. It's the city of brotherly love. It's Rocky Balboa, you know, and all this. But it is that brotherly love that we share towards our neighbors, Who's my neighbor? The story of the Good Samaritan. Maybe you ought to check that out, right? Jesus says that it's anyone that's around us, not just those that reciprocate or deserve our love, but it's this brotherly love one towards another. Today, I want us to look at another type of love that you're not going to find listed per se in scripture, but you're going to find clear evidences of it. And it's this, this word, storge. Some, some people call it storge, okay? Doesn't matter, but I want you to catch the meaning of this word. This word storge is family type of love. It's that natural type of love and affection that we share towards those that make up our natural earthly family. And you need to know that family is a big deal in God's economy, right? It's a big deal. 
Now, I know what you're thinking. Sometimes, some of us have had a distorted view, even within our natural families, right? Have you ever wanted to trade any family members on earth, right? And of all the billions of people, have you ever thought, God, why did you give them to me? Or I just want to let you know there are no accidents. And for whatever reason, God has placed you in that family that you're placed in. That may be one of those questions that you could ask him one day when you get to heaven. By the way, can I just ask you a question? Are you going to be in heaven with me one day? Listen, here's the deal. And what gives us the right and admission into heaven is what we do with Jesus Christ. Have you confessed your sins and asked him to be Lord and Savior of your life? You see, for the person who confesses their sins and believes in the cross and that Jesus died and he can save and forgive us of our sins and ask them to come in, I'm telling you, he comes in. He comes in. And we become a part of, check this out, his family. But that's what's going to get me to heaven one day, not based on what my natural family was all about, as good or jacked up as they may be for you, right? What makes me part of God's family is what I do with Jesus and his death on the cross. Does that make sense? That's just a little sidebar, but an important bar. Amen? That's the most important thing we, you could hear today. Store J. We see it throughout scripture demonstrated between husbands and wives like Sarah and Abraham. We see it in Noah taking care of his wife and his family. We see Storge and Storge modeled between a father towards his sons, Jacob towards his two. We see it between even brothers and sisters, right? We see it, I remember in the New Testament of Mary and Martha and they had a brother by the name of Lazarus. And we know that when Lazarus died, we see the hurt and the pain. They cared deeply for their brother. Boy, I need me some more of that story sometimes. Amen. It's hard sometimes, right? We find clear evidence, the big, big deal. Listen, your family is a big deal to God. We, 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 we read scriptures about how husbands ought to love their wives just as Christ loved the church and sacrificed himself. We give ourselves completely to our wives, even the remote control if necessary. And I'm telling you, is it not a struggle sometimes to be obedient to the things of Jesus? We see that wives are to honor and encourage their husbands. And it may be hard sometimes. Hey, ladies, can I just let you know something real quick? One of the greatest gifts, and maybe this is just me, but dudes, if you agree with this, you can affirm it. But one of the greatest gifts my wife ever gives me is when she tells me I've done a good job or she's proud of me. I'm telling you, that goes a lot. Now, listen, I love the affection stuff too, right? But but that is one of the sweetest gifts. Could any man relate to that? We, we, we love to know that we're, we're taking care of the things we need to take care of, that we're meeting needs and providing for our family. Parents, we find throughout scripture, when you look at Storge, that we as parents are to train up our children in the way they should go, Right? We're, 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 we're told that we're not to exasperate our children. I didn't know what that meant, so I Googled it. You know, there's a thing called the Googles that help you out whenever you struggle, right? That word means to infuriate. We're not to infuriate our kids. 
And listen, just because they may throw a temper tantrum because then that's, you, you ask him to clean the room is not causing, but some of us are just maybe jerks to our kids and you need to ask the Lord about that and give you some patience and some wisdom and how you can raise that kid in a God-honoring way. Hey kids, can I let you know something? You're not off the hook in God's word either. There's some challenges to us as children towards our parents. In fact, the fifth commandment out of the 10 that Moses brought down off the mountain one day, it comes with a promise. It says, children, honor your father and mother so that you can live long lives. So kids, pastor gonna help you out today. You wanna live a long life? Do what the Bible says and honor your mother and your father, amen? That's Bible, you can take it up with the Lord, right? But he calls us to do that and we're to honor our parents. We're to live in harmony. We're to treat one another as we would wanna be treated. I'm telling you, the Bible is littered, is it not? With this idea of storge, living in relationship with our family, with affection, our natural family, our blood family. Well, there's, there's something interesting with this word, a compound of this word that, that, that we want to shift gears with just a little bit today, but it's huge. The, in, 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 we, in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, we, we find a compound of this word, storge. It's the word philostorgos. And, 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 and it reads this way from the word of God. And then I want to unpack it to you. You guys are okay with the Bible. Is that right? This is a church that preaches the word of God. We may preach it a little bit different than what you're accustomed to, but, but, but anyway, we hope it just hits with you. But in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, it says this, love each other with genuine, say the word genuine, genuine, Genu- thank you, genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Some translations say, be devoted to one another. Now, this is a great word for our natural families. Can you imagine if the Hodgkin family practiced 1210 of Romans a little bit more? Come on, Ainsley, that we lived with genuine affection for our brother. That we were devoted one towards another. That's a great word for our natural families. Would you agree with that? But what might that look like? in another family that I see represented in this room today and a group that I'm speaking to over the World Wide Web's, our spiritual family. Because check this out, many of us, those that have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives, we have a natural family, but yet now today, because of Jesus, Damien, we're connected to a much larger body. We have a larger family it's called the family of God. I'm so glad I'm a part. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about right there? Man, we thought we were rebels when we would sing. You remember when you went to church and you sang songs that weren't in the book, the hymnal? Man, rebels. But I was reminded of that chorus when I sang that, Jake, that I'm a part of a much larger family than the Brown family. I'm a part of the family of God. I want you to look around this room today. Just look, go ahead. You see somebody that surprises you they're here? Come on, that's okay. You like who you're sitting next to? We better get used to it. Because for those of us who are in Christ, we're gonna be together in eternity one day, amen? Man, I hope, hey, we're family. 
God has brought, and it's not just those of us in this room or watching on this, uh, on, on this broadcast. The, the, check this, there are other parts of our family that are gathered in other houses of worship in our city. That's why we pray for them. We're all a part of the family of God. We're not in competition. When one hurts, we should all hurt. We're all building and advancing the same kingdom. Or we should be. God's kingdom. See, when I said yes to Jesus, I was inducted into another family. This family. Natalia is my sister. Right? Charles is my brother. I have a brother from... Odessa Permian High School, Mojo. And he lets me know about it, that that's the real football time and time again. But I love him. I'm not as tough as he is. I see brothers and sisters and I know that we're family and not many of us have shared a meal together and we've not played a round of golf or, or pickleball. I got a louder amen for pickleball than I did the family of God in this house. (laughs) Just kidding. But yet we're connected. You see where blood between my mom and my dad unite me with the Brown family. It's the blood of Jesus Christ and his spirit that unites each and every one of us and makes us members of the family of God. Is that not incredible to think about? Wow, it's incredible to think about. Have you ever thought about how we love one another? Dr. Billy Graham said, I believe that one of the most difficult places for us to live for Jesus Christ is in our homes. And there's a lot of truth to that. Some of you know that sometimes we say things and do things one to another within the roof of our homes that, you know, it's... I know sometimes maybe I've had a hard day at work and I come home and whoever's in my house is going to be the recipients maybe of some of my frustration and angst. Am I talking to anybody right now? Why do we take that out on the people that we ought to love and care for the most? Or people that have have not played any role in us being agitated, right? Hardest place for us to live for Jesus is in our home. But there's a thing that breaks my heart also is I think that even within this home, the church, the family of God, I think oftentimes we don't treat each other the way that God wants us to treat one another either. In fact, some of you that are listening here today probably carry some things that that we hear oftentimes in our culture. We carry some church hurt, some church wounds. And every pastor in America would stand up and say, the church is not a perfect place because it's made up of people. (laughs) And we're all imperfect and we struggle. But guys, can I just encourage us with something today? If there is a venue, if there is a group that we should be the most comfortable around and the most connected to, it ought to be something within this room called the family of God. And not just in this room, but I'm talking about our other family members that are worshiping at other places as well. Are you with me there? But let's just be real. 
That's not always the case, is it? And I believe that some of the worst church hurt for some of us has come not from enemies outside the family of God, but from members inside the family of God. We've hurt each other. Someone once said the church is the only organization that shoots its wounded. I've gone through a divorce and I walk in and I still feel the condemnation and the judgment of my spiritual family. Or I'm an addict or I made a poor decision and I walk in and I feel ostracized and looked down upon. I don't know as much about the songs we're singing or I don't even know where Lamentations is. Who really does? That's why there's page numbers in the front of the Bible. That's why they make things you can stick on the ends of your Bible to flip through. That's why your preacher puts a paperclip on his sometimes so I can turn to it quickly. No shame. But yet, we, do we not judge and look down and condemn? We do oftentimes shoot our wounded, do we not? And I think that that may be the, one of the very reasons why those outside our family want to have nothing to do with this family. Come on, somebody. Are you with me right now? How can we change that? You see, I believe that when we can get storge right, when we can get the love of Jesus right, that will be attractive. I think I have that slide for you. That will make it attractive to others. And our love that we demonstrate one towards another will draw other people into this family of God. In John chapter 13, I marked it so I could get there quickly. And by the way, I always want to read from my Bible for you. I want you to see this is a tool for your life. And if you don't do this, I want to encourage you to. Now listen, I'm thankful for the Bible app and I read it every day and I've got a streak going on the number of days that I've read. But guys, make no mistake about it. This is good for us. John chapter 13, that's the book of Acts. That's a good book too. But in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, it's written in red in my Bible. So who said it? Jesus. Jesus says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. We could stop the bus right there. What would happen if we just started loving each other the way that Jesus has simply loved us? Come on, has Jesus given up on anybody in this room when you've gone your own way and done your own thing? Baptized the young lady this, this morning. She, I said, what were you like before Christ? She said, I was an addict and I was mean to people. I said, but what has Jesus done? She said, oh, I'm now a daughter of the king and I want to build bridges with people. What would happen if we simply started loving? Not the way I'm telling you to, but the way that Jesus has loved you. That's enough, right? Verse 35, Jesus says this, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So Doug, I'm no great theologian, but Doug, I even understand this. When I love the way that Jesus loves me, 
and when I love the way that scripture calls me to love. That not only is good for us in this room, but for those that are watching to see what this thing called church is all about, they get a clearer picture, an accurate picture as to who Jesus is. Does that make sense? Are y'all picking up what I'm putting down? It's what it means, guys. And so I've got to ask myself, how do I love my brothers and sisters? I can tell you what it's not. It's not hatred and bitterness one towards another. It's not posting on social media when things are wrong. It's not forgetting to meet the needs. It's, 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 listen, there are deeds we can do towards one another, but this thing is more about affection. Do I genuinely care for the people in this room? Do you? It's not gossip. It's not slander. But it is running to the aid and the support of one another. It's taking care of one another. In fact, I love this passage. I'm not going to read it to you, but just trust me, you can read it. Homework assignment. Acts chapter 2, we read about the first church. The first church. And Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47 is a list of things that they were a part of. They met together daily in the temple courts. And they also met in each other's houses and shared meals together. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to worship. They were devoted to breaking bread. They sold their possessions and it gave to the family members that were in need. They took care of one another. And verse 47 ends, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Check this out. I believe that simply by the way we love each other and take care of one another, heaven grows. People get saved. People who have such a bad taste in their mouth about the church and Christians, when they see us genuinely store J one another, they're going to want to be a part of that. They'll no longer be looking for relationships at the bar known as Cheers in Boston or the Raccoon Saloon here in Bernie. They're going to look to the church of Jesus Christ. They're going to run to a house of God anywhere in this community because they will be loved and accepted as a part of the family of God. Amen? It's hard, is it not? Listen, it's hard to love your natural family sometimes, right? Tell me about it, Patrick. No, don't, because your wife is right next to you. And you, you get your arm around. My man, it's all right. PDA is allowed if you've got a license for it. It's good. What would happen? It's hard in our natural families. And I'm telling you, it's a struggle here because just as we have a savior that's telling us and showing us how to love, there's an enemy that's trying to do the opposite. And I'm just tired of him winning that battle in the church of Jesus Christ. I think he, I think he loves it when we gossip. I think he loves it when we bail out on the family. Come on, listen, husbands, wives. My wife has had probably many opportunities to bail out on me because I'm a louse. And I've made a poor decision, but yet she stayed with me. She stuck it out. What would happen if we treated the house of God and our spiritual family that way? We're going to have difficulty. I'm not going to bail out on you. I'm in it. You're my brother. You're my sister. We're family. We're going to stay together. 
I went and saw an incredible movie called The Jesus Revolution this week. If you've not seen it, I want to encourage you to go see it. It is worth a movie ticket. like $29.95 these days. It's amazing. And then when you buy popcorn, I mean, just take out a home loan when you go to the movies. It's, but it's, it's worth it. In the Jesus Revolution, true story, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but you need to go see it. But there's a line that one of the actors says when he's being welcomed into a church that was a church divided. On one side, you had the group that embraced the late 60s and early 70s, known as the hippies. On the other side, it was truly a house divided by a middle aisle. You had the church, the religious people. And I love the line in, one of the, in the movie when, when, when one of the characters is talking to an individual and the individual replies because this is so odd and weird to him that he could be accepted and loved on. And he says this, is this family? Is this family? He said, I've never known what family was. 1910, can I just tell you something today? Today is the day we change that. Today is the day that we let people know what true family looks like, what it's all about, the love and the acceptance. I'm going to stay with it. Even though you make bonehead decisions, I'm with you. You're down and out. You need something. I got you, bro. I'm with you. Saw a group of men yesterday building a shed for, for someone in this house that needed assistance and they're building a shed. I don't know if it's still standing today, but it looked good in the pictures yesterday. At least the E for effort. No, I know that it's standing. That's what we do. We take care of one another. We call when someone's AWOL, missing. We care when someone's crying and hurting. When someone's in the hospital, we visit. We pray for one another. Hey, come on. At the end of this service, there's going to be a group of people down here, and they're going to stand here as long as it takes because they want to pray for you. It's a big deal. It's what family does. You don't need to send it in to, you know, counselorguru.com. No, I want you to come to the house of God and be prayed over by a real human face-to-face that cares. That's why we do that. Come on, somebody. So I have a challenge for you today as the band comes up. We're not finished. We still got about three hours left in the service today. The chicken truck is pulling up for delivery and just a few, get boxes for everybody. But anyway, um, I want to ask you a question today. How's your love towards the family of God? Go ahead and look around this room. Gray Bill, I want you to stand. Randy, stand up. I want you to look around this room, Randy. Go ahead, Randy, stand up. That means stand up. I want you to, I want you to look around this room right now. And, and I want you, this is your family. It's your family. Bucky, I want you to stand up. Bucky, you're sitting by yourself. I don't like that. I don't like any Lone Rangers. Bucky, I want you to look around this room. Go ahead, turn and look. Guys, this is my buddy, Bucky. We go way back, do we not? You love me? Have I said some hard things to you? But you're still here. Thank you. Bucky, this is your family. This is who you're called to love. Just as you're called to love 
your natural family. Bro, this is your family too. We're called to love one another. Sheffield, stand up because you look like the mayor of Bernie right now. Just stand up, turn around. That, he running for office, something of Sheffield? Look at him. Sherry, Sherry Don, stand up with him. Y'all stay standing. I want y'all to look around. These are the Sheffields. Turn around, look. This your family. Y'all know that mustache is killer. Look at that. I'm dead gum jealous. Hey, this is your family. And I know you guys hadn't been here a long time. Hey, but can I just, can I tell a little bit of y'all's story? These guys came to this house after tragedy and hurting. And you still hurt, but y'all keep coming back. And I hope that's because you have found some encouragement. You've found some people that'll walk alongside you in the messiness of life. And you know you're loved, right? Listen, y'all make us better. And I hope in the same way, there's been a little bit of us making you guys a little bit better too. Okay, you guys can all sit down. I'm not gonna make anybody else stand up. Y'all are saying, oh crap, I hope it didn't call my name, right? (laughs) But I want you to see that this is our family. How's your love towards the family of God? Now let's go a little bit deeper. Is there anyone that you need to make things right with? Mm. It hurts. But you know what I think love compels us to do? Anthony, it's to have those hard conversations maybe and to seek forgiveness. Harvey, it's reaching out to somebody that maybe you're a little torqued off with. They don't deserve the phone call. But God calls us to a higher standard, Harvey. He calls us to love. I don't know you guys. Y'all just came there with guests today. And I hate to embarrass guests, but I'm going to do it anyway. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, they're church people. They get it. They've served on staff. And y'all, but y'all know what I'm talking about today, right? And we reach out and we help each other and we love. They declared to me in the meet and greet that, hey, we love Bernie, Texas, the Hill Country. They said, great move here. They're not from California, so don't worry about it. And we got to stop that. We got to stop that because Jesus died for California and he died for Washington and Portland. Austin. Okay, stop it. Y'all quit clapping and encouraging me. Chad, (laughs) I see you. But how do you make things right? Who do we need to love on? Again, we're going to be in heaven one day together. I hope you're in heaven with me. And I'd hate for us to like, no, I didn't take care of that while I was on earth. Let's go worship in another sector today. No. Can we just bring healing now to the hurt? In 1910, can we store Jay? Or for those of you that go other places, I know we got family members from other places today. Listen, this message is the message for the body of Jesus Christ. It's not just for us. But we're going to love each other. We're going to encourage each other, as Scripture says, all the more as we see the day approaching. Amen? You guys good?
Can we transition? We're going to transition right now because we're about to do something that is unique to the family of God. I want you to pull out your major credit card and I'm going to collect those. No, just kidding. That's not what the family of God's all about. Today, we're going to celebrate something called scriptural baptism. Can we get the lights up over here? Today, we're going to see the fuzzy caterpillar. Today, we're about to baptize some people that have said yes to Jesus Christ. In fact, if you're here today and and are going to be baptized today, would you guys go ahead and make your way out the back door? Don't leave the campus, but go ahead and make your way out and go get ready and go change if you need to change. But we're going to baptize some people here today because this is one of the things that makes this family unique. Now, I know that you're not doing this with your natural family. None of you guys will say, hey, let's all get together and let's just baptize in the... No, you're not doing that. But this is something in the family of God. What we're about to participate in today is something called scriptural baptism. Scriptural baptism is not, let me just bring some clarity, is not dedication. Uh, Some of us were dedicated There might have even been a a term used called baptism when we were infants, right? I'm not, this is something separate from that moment. And by the way, if your parents dedicated you in the house of God, my parents did when I was a little baby. um, And people knew when they saw me that my parents were gonna need a lot of prayer because I was a holy terror. Um, But it's not how you start, it's how you finish, right? God is... That's hopefully still at work in my life. Uh, Jesus' parents dedicated him when he was a child in the temple. We're not talking about that type of service or dedication today. What we're talking about today takes place in a person's life after they call upon the name of the Lord and are saved. The people that get in the water today are already Christians. They're already saved because they've already asked Jesus into their heart. That was a personal thing. Some of them did it by themselves or maybe with a family member or a friend. But today, they're gonna come out and declare to you that they believe and are followers of Jesus Christ. It's an outward demonstration of an inward decision they've made. All right? But please understand, this doesn't save a person. Baptism is an act of obedience. In fact, I believe it's one of our first, I'm not going to step, it's one of our first steps in following Jesus. And can I just tell you something? We didn't create this. In fact, what we're doing here today, Jesus did. How many of you know that life is better when you do the things that Jesus did? Jesus modeled baptism for us. What do you mean by that? Well... For 30 years, Jesus lived at home with his mom and dad. I don't encourage that in our culture today. You need to move out and get a J-O-B, okay? I know sometimes you have to live with family. I get that. But Jesus, for 30 years, first 30 years of his life, lived at home with his parents. But when Jesus felt the calling to be a part of his heavenly father's work, the very thing he was sent to do, We know that Jesus went out and he found a crazy preacher in the wilderness by the name of John the Baptist. Camel hair wearing, locust eating, radical preacher, baptizing people. And this was the first thing that we find recorded that Jesus did to set his life 
at the age of 30 on a new trajectory, a ministry calling, being a part of his heavenly father's work. Amen. And so what we're doing here today is simply something that Jesus has modeled for us. Now, we've got some new family members that are going to come in this room in just a few moments and we're going to baptize them. I'll introduce them to you and we're going to lower them under the water because the word baptize means to immerse. It means to plunge under the water. I will pull them back up at some point. I promise you. But when they come up out of this water, family celebrates. Family hoots and hollers. If you brought a confetti gun or an air horn, you shoot that and you blow that off today. Don't you do anything else. But we celebrate and we hoot and holler because a life that the enemy thought he held hold of uh-uh, belongs to Jesus Christ. And that is worth celebrating. So listen, it's okay for the family of God to get a little undignified. It's okay to raise your hands and shout glory and hallelujah. And if you want to do a Holy Ghost hop, you get it. You get it. Because this is one of the greatest things we could ever be a part of. You with me? Now I've got to go change. Can I pray first? And Pastor Allen and our worship team, can y'all sing? There's a great song that we're about to sing. And I want you guys to sing it with everything you have. Stand with me. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the blood of Jesus. Thank you that the blood of Jesus washes over our sins, cleanses us, and makes us new. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things pass away and all things become new. Jesus, thank you.